0: Say, one, two, three, four.
1: One, two, three, four.
0: You're listening to Song and Story, conversations with songwriters about their songs. You can support this project on Patreon, and you can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at Song songandstorypodcast.com. There were a lot of aspiring songwriters on my college campus. A few of them have carried on with their craft and have actually been featured on this podcast. But one of the first fellow songwriters I was introduced to in college remains, to this day, one of my favorite female vocalists ever. Her name was Scarlett, and her voice was so impressively versatile. She could sing with a pure, smooth, subdued beauty, and with a pure, confident power. A few years after college, Scarlett met a fella named Jeff, a talented musician and producer in his own right. Well, long story short, Scarlett and Jeff got hitched and have been developing their own cool new sound and groove as a married musical duo with a full band of super-talented musical friends to back them. They are now known as Merlot Embargo. If you listen through to the end of this episode, you'll get to hear the story behind the band name. They have several songs I'd love to discuss, but I wanted to talk with them about their latest single, because just last month, when I listened to it for the first time, I actually listened to it six times in a row, back to back to back, and it was stuck so happily in my head for the rest of the day. In their own words, this song is their best attempt at a 2020 pop song, but it didn't necessarily start out as a pop song. Scarlett was kind enough to send me the original rough phone demo that she recorded right after she wrote it. So in this episode, you will get to see how this
1: One day our time is gone
0: This one
1: day gonna run now, but we
0: could a I had a blast catching up and talking with Scarlett and Jeff, and while I'm confident that you will enjoy it, be ye warned. And proceed with caution. This song will give you a supremely infectious earworm.
2: Hi, my name is Scarlett. And I'm Jeff. We're from Merlot Embargo in Los Angeles, California. And this is our brand new single, One Day.
1: Tinha e One day, he said, let's run away. Let's join the circus and get lost in the parade. All of my life, I've been afraid of looking back and watching everybody fade.
0: All right.
2: Oh, the song. Were we going to talk about the
0: song? We're going to talk about the song. Uh, First, I noticed a little bit you put above the lyrics on the Bandcamp page. And it says, our best attempt at a 2020 pop song. (laughs) And and to that... Mark does it. No, no. To that, I just want to say kudos. Because, (laughs) like, I hope you take this as a compliment. If I have to describe it relating it to other artists, I would say this song is... The beauty pageant child (laughs) of Adele and the Killers.
3: That is a high compliment. I I, thank you.
2: (laughs) Wait, that's for real.
0: That's for real. (laughs) Yeah, because your voice—it's got that like Adele power behind it in this one, and the the vibe. I love like eighties Euro pop, and that it's like a like a neo. 80 euros pop vibe behind it and i think the killers have aspects of that in in a lot of their music anyway my point is as far as attempts at 2020 pop songs go you knocked it out of the park
1: oh <laughs>
3: thanks <laughs> i've been trying to like i don't know i feel and like if we've been trying to evolve a little bit as writers and I
2: still stay like I, authentic
3: I, I i tend to like you know listen to older music and i've been. Consciously, like, trying to listen to, like, more current stuff the last, like, couple of years. So, hopefully that.
2: And I'm a neurotic a artist that doesn't want to listen to anything because I don't want to accidentally steal something.
0: Yeah, I do that. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: So, it's, it's a tough combo to try and make something that's actually relevant to what people are listening to right now. <laughs> uh, but we're trying. We're trying.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are the first married couple that. Mm-hmm i've talked to for this so jeff are you normally like a lyrics guy or if we're speaking to this song specifically like who brought like what was the first morsel of this song that existed and who brought it to the table before it became what it was
3: yeah our, our process is like the same was the same on this song as it is for almost everything we do which is that Scarlett is really like the songwriter and and the um the lyricist and I'm kind of like the producer, engineer, guitarist, nerd kind of guy. And I think it's I think it's a good combination. Like I don't know, there's a certain kind of like out of the box thinking, but a little bit out of box thinking or, or like abs- like creative abstraction or something that like it takes to like write good songs and I just I just don't think I have that. Like I'm, I'm too square of a dude um uh, to to like make that happen. But I'm really good at like you know, the details and and like
0: like f- filling out, right? Filling giving, out a, giving flesh to the bones. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's more interesting, that's for sure. Because, like, I mean, I can only play so many chords on the guitar, um, which is how I usually write these songs. And, um, yeah, it usually will be, uh, you know, I have anxiety and depression, so it's like a lot of times I'm dealing with one of those, one of the two <laughs> when I write music. It's it's how I journal uh, uh, but, uh, so I'm usually emoting something and, uh, I usually need to, because I'm ADHD too, I usually need to get the song out and be done with it. I don't usually work on a song for weeks or months. I usually have a catchy phrase that runs through my head and I'm like, Oh, that I've never heard something. I've never heard that said that way before. And it's catchy. I'm going to flesh it out and write a whole song around it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then it usually will, I'll sit down with the guitar and start playing around with chords and melodies over it with those lyrics attached and flesh out the verses. And it usually takes me about an hour and then I want to be done with it forever. Um, and that's then so funny. That's why Jeff has to be the one that goes in and and you know makes it a song. so he
3: usually like we keep pretty close to your original melody like i mean it usually has a
2: pretty solid form already and uh, like i might tweak a lyric here or there or we might say you know half of that verse is dumb let's just not sing it and have instruments. or
3: like on one day actually we wrote a whole new um pre-chorus at my at my request
0: the o's the o's section at the O section yeah yeah actually because
2: it was just too wordy and i also felt that way like Oh, no, I was actually mad about that, I think, because the the part that we ended up cutting lyrically kind of like it was a little bit too on the nose, which I can be, I admit, um, with my poetry. (laughs) So I but I'm really glad we did it. Um, It kind of brings home the rest of the lyrics without having to, like, drill it in people's heads what the song is about. Um, and the O's just kind of it was kinda of nice because writing songs now knowing that like I do maybe want to perform live and so I maybe need to write songs that I can remember the lyrics for and you know.
0: Oh O oh is an easy lyric to remember.
2: You know, it is. Yeah. It really is. The millennial lyric. Who to thunk. Like, uh, you know, maybe I should go easy on myself uh so so yeah that's yeah so that's kind of our process i'll i'll usually text him a voice memo of of what i recorded song-wise and then you
3: wrote this song years ago it had been on the back burner for a long time actually really yeah Yeah, i started working on it probably a year ago i don't know
2: um i have a lot of songs on the back burner because i'll send jeff like we basically have a whole file in dropbox called iphone ideas which are just songs that I've written while I was at home and he was at work and I'd be like, all right, I wrote a song today.
3: But like, this was one of the ones where I, the reason it was on the back burner is because I was just not happy with like where it was like musically. Yeah. Um, uh, and- Like what you, what
0: you add production wise, you mean?
3: Yeah. I, we ended up like bumping the tempo by 10 or 15 BPM and like changing the feel and doing a lot of other like, like stuff. Um, And that sometimes we, you know,
2: it's really hard for me originally collaborating. I was not very good ever at working with other musicians, like as far as that, because like I said, when I was when I was done writing a song, I was done. I didn't want to have to do anything to it. It felt like too much work, and also that's my song, man. Uh, <laughs> so i I've gotten to a place where I appreciate that the songs that we've made are actually better for. Having input and have and and changing them up and tweaking them reworking them um, having people you know come up with their own ideas to make it something
0: so can you remember what started this song for you like what was it was it a, a kind of the chorus lyrics with the melody did they come first what was there an idea like what was happening in your life
2: oh um. I think the chorus definitely was first. It was one of the things where it was like um, the whimper or the bang was was a big, like, it was that, like, kind of verse that was just in my head that kind of popped in and I was like, that stuck with me.
0: Like, one one day our time is going to run out, but we can choose between a whimper or a bang. That's right. Yeah, I see that as like a, um, it works as a metaphor for... Any individual human person in life (laughs) in any context. Right. But I also, it also resonated with me from the perspective of being an artist. Like, not everybody makes it. And when you're not quite making it, you have less time that you can devote to it because you have to put food on the table in the interim and you got to do things that cost money. And so it's like, I, I I kind of felt it from an artist's perspective too. Like Thanks. someday, everything you're trying to do, like you might have to, like the necessities of life might demand that you stop. Like, are you gonna are you gonna go out with a whimper or a bang? Like, you're just gonna slowly fade, or are you gonna like just do one last project? I don't know. Like, it it kind of it hit me on that personal creative impulse drive level, um, as well as the memento mori kind of mode. Like. Yeah. Right. we're all going to die and this pandemic is really drilling that home like yeah. how are you going to go out
3: that's a really well, interesting insight it hadn't like occurred to me that way but
2: it's interesting because as much as it's been on the back burner for a while I had to look back in my voice memos to see when I had first recorded it it looks like it was 4th of July 2017
1: he said one day our time is gonna run but we can choose between a whim no, oh, because
2: Joanna had been born that year.
0: Your daughter, for, for people listening. Oh, man,
2: yeah, that would have been a big, that was a big year for me as far as facing my life and future and what I was going to do with it.
1: One day he said, let's run away. Let's join a circus and get lost in the parade. All of my life I've been afraid Of looking back and watching everybody pay.
2: But it's interesting because timing wise, you're right. Like, this song means a lot to me because as we've been developing our story and how we share it, like, how when people ask for our bio, our explanation and stuff, we always go back to our car accident in 2014 and um, how when we crawled out of that, like, with basically a few scratches when we should have been dead. And um, that was the moment where, for me, the only regret I had or I would have had would be to not have pursued my music for real. Like, and, and we take it seriously and not care whether or not people liked it, whether or not people accepted it, whether or not it went anywhere professionally or financially or career wise, but that I had it in me to make music, to write, to put my thoughts down in that way. And I needed to do it. Um, and so for me, even as we've been developing that and just really nailing down, like, all of the thoughts that come after that, it's not like I came out with that set thought, like I'm walking out of the car with the Ten, Compa- Ten Commandments on a, you know, a thing. It's like, it's it's that kind of how i processed that um, moment in time since then. Um, and it was definitely... That, like, that, you know what, I need to do this, and it doesn't matter, but I want to go out with a bang. Like, I want to have something left behind. I want, like, whether or not, like, at least I will have tried. Whether or not it ends up being bang, like, <laughs> at least I will have tried.
0: Was it a conscious influence on the verses? Because it totally fits.
2: Um, It was... So for me, I definitely, when I write, I'll, um, I do a lot of what's stream of consciousness kind of writing and some of it doesn't make sense to me until afterwards. And I was like, oh, wow, that's brilliant. Like, it's very weird because it feels very much outside of myself. It's a very spiritual experience for me. Um, and not in a way that's necessarily biblical. It's just something that I can't. It's not tangible, I guess, in, in that sense. Sure. Where I'm like, I don't know where that came from. It came from, you know, God. It came from this, the universe. It came from whatever subconscious, like, experiences or reading that I somehow had in my subconscious from years ago. Who knows? But, like, to the point where I'll, I'll look back after that stream of conscious word regurgitation onto the paper and be like, damn, like like really hits home yeah. and, uh, it, it's outside of myself, you know, and I don't feel, I don't actually feel like I can take ownership of that. I just allow almost it to take ownership of me and I allow the words to come out of me. I allow the universal feelings to come out of me. Um, so I just, I don't know, I feel like in those moments I just become a vessel or I become open and and just let it out. And then I'll go back and maybe be like, that line is really stupid, I don't want that. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid yeah.
2: stuff comes out. It's not like it's like I'm this open vessel. And
0: stupid, scarlet, it. idiot, <laughs> idiot. Ugh,
2: <laughs> I hate it. Burn it. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> how, okay, how, how much of this do you like... Um, when you send him something, do you attempt to communicate any of this um, insofar as you can even notice it or see it in yourself yet with him? Or do you just, Jeff, do you just kind of sit with it and do your own thing?
3: I mean, you know, I'll, I'll speak, I mean, maybe you do sometimes, but usually not, I don't think. She, she usually sends me voice memos, you know, and then I'll kind of take a listen to it and I He says, anything.
2: I like it or I, it's okay. <laughs> or like oh I like the chorus yeah, and I, that implies that he doesn't like the rest yeah, of I, it I
3: could be a little too blunt sometimes um,
2: no I think it's good
3: but yeah so I I sometimes I don't even know what a song's about for a while uh, or he'll
2: ask me can you send me the lyrics too so obviously I wasn't either very. Or yeah. you can't quite understand what I'm saying so I'll send him I usually now always send him the voice memo it's the whole song and then the lyrics as well and I'll usually have at some point, like I've I've recorded it several times back to back because I'll mess up, you know, or it's not quite the way that I want it. But and then I'll send it to him.
3: And like, yeah, one thing I've I've learned too, uh, like the way I start the production is I, I I've learned that I always want to have that original voice memo like in the in the session. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so easy for me to like get into the song and like lose the
0: sometimes there's just like a magic there.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I'll come in and that, I'll be like, what have you done?
0: Yeah. So I, yeah, like, like you, you lose the source.
3: Right. And so I've even got to the point now where I'm like, I'm taking that original voice memo and like chopping it up and stretching time and like everything. So it like lines up literally with the song as I'm producing it. So I can kind of like refer back to it in real time, which is kind of a, a, a big front load, on, uh, front loading the work. But it, I don't know. I find that it, it helps me like not lose the whatever vibe of the original. If, if, we like the vibe of the original. Sure.
2: Well, and at that point then, if like, I mean, we've had, I'm the emotional one of the two. So like, especially early on when I was not the best at like, communicating or collaborating, I'd walk in because I wanted to be done with the song and I didn't want anything to do with the production. And then I'd walk in and I'd be like, that's not my song at all. What have you done to it? It's too fast. Like, that's not what I was intending for the feeling to be. Why should I feel happy? <laughs> Those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, so I've gotten better at, at like, allowing Jeff to have a little bit of freedom. And then also, um, he's done a lot more of like, oh, I'm not going to produce the whole song until I like, ask her what she thinks about me changing the tempo or like the whole chord progression or something. It's like, there's been a couple early on songs where I came in and he'd already worked for hours on it. And like, I'd come in and be like, what have you done? This is nothing like what I wrote.
0: That's so funny.
2: (laughs) So yeah. It's
3: like a, yeah. Kind of a microcosm of every other marriage argument, I guess. (laughs) Right. It's
2: just, it's played out in the studio.
0: So okay, that that's an interesting question to me because I for people who don't listen who don't know, you said you bumped up the tempo by 15 BPM, which is beats per minute. It was um, I think it was
3: either 12 or 15. I can't remember. Okay. Because um, we actually we actually like we started recording this song at the old tempo, and I had like drums and bass from like a year ago, and I just I just wasn't feeling it at all, and Scarlett wasn't feeling it, and and so we yeah.
0: See, that's really interesting to me. That something about what was written makes it harder for you to flesh out. Mm-hmm. You just make it a little bit faster, mm-hmm. and then it's like it's like cracking oh. the dam. Yeah, like, you know,
3: well, everything you know? And, kind and of that's, just that's it. one of the other reasons that I now do this exactly. thing where I like stretch the original voice memo and make it line up everything, so I can play with the tempo at the beginning and like really decide like where. Where where does this song feel the best and, and you know, I mean it depends on your arrangement and instrumentation, of course, but like it's it having all that like in in a in a flexible way to to just mess around with it is is pretty helpful too.
0: I would you describe it as like a retro, like a neo eighties pop vibe? A little would, bit. Would you, sure. A little bit.
3: Yeah, a little bit, yeah.
0: How did you like stumble upon that or or I don't
3: know. Like I, I think I was listening to like your are great. Uh, what's the song? No. Um, what's the Phil Phil Wickham song that everybody plays at church? The, like the the big synthy one that he came out with like 10 years ago. Oh, you're, you're this is Amazing Grace. I think I had, um, I, we just played it at church or something. I was, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe I'll play some synthesizers and mess around. And, and you know, it's just like whatever you're doing in life, like right. sometimes I'll, I'll hear a, something at the gym or, or in the car or whatever and I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. And I try to like Make a voice note to myself, or or something, and I, I think I heard something in that that I thought might be kind of cool trying this song, and that's kind of where that came from.
0: Uh, Scarlett, I know you said you, the way you kind of write tends to be a stream of consciousness uh, lyrically. The verses, it it does kind of flow like a narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, do you recall? Do you recall having characters or scenes in mind? Like you know, whether or not they were consciously based on you guys or.
2: Yeah, um, I think.
0: And why this? And why the circus?
2: <laughs> um, it's such a good like. It, it's like trying to go back to to writing. It is so. In-
0: yeah, I get that a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. I mean, life is a circus, I suppose. But but I mean, I don't know. It goes back to that child. I don't. All the books I read as a kid, like that, was the dream, right? To run off and join a circus, like that was living the life that was the epitome of being free of like not having the demands of society and the rigors and judgment and rules of society pertain to you anymore. You know, like the circus, everyone is accepted. Everyone's like, you do what You got to do at The circus. And obviously we know now looking back, there was a lot of abuses and the circuses and all that, but like in the magical literary sense of the circus and what, you know, literature has encapsulated of it. It definitely seemed more of the dream life, you know, um, to anybody that didn't quite feel like they fit in this society that they that they match what the norm is or what the ideal is as far as looks or personality or you know, f- being able to follow the roles that that make them accepted or promoted or or acknowledged or successful. So I guess there was a lot to that in my subconscious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: hmm. Interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what well, has, it has the characters and that kind of reminded me of Springsteen when um, we took all we owned and grabbed a bus. Um, I don't know why just that instant illusion of an um, Atlantic city you know, when they, they buy the bus tickets to get out of town. Uh, Um,
2: I was hearing actually uh, Simon and Garfunkel. um,
0: Oh, Is Is it sitting at the railway station? Yeah. That one. Yeah.
2: Um, That's the visual I got. It was the same bus that I always got listening to that song. It was the same visual I always got listening to that song. So I don't know if I was referencing musically that song, but when I imagined it, it was the same. Cause I'm a very like, I visualize everything I listen to. So like even growing up, like I was just so caught up in my imagination. I'd listen to music in the car. That's all I would do. And I would just invent these stories that would go along with the, the songs and and that was yeah the bus that that they were getting on when I was writing the song was the same bus that Simon and Garfunkel were getting on when um they were singing that song. Um
0: Got a ticket to my destination. That one is it homeward bound?
2: Homeward bound, that's what it is.
1: Yes. Homeward bound.
2: I, I wish I
0: was. I... Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Were they on the bus?
2: Um was Simon and like in their song?
0: Are you is are your characters on the same bus as Simon and oh, Garfunkel? Yeah. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, visually, like, like, not, not, not in so many. Like Simon and Garfunkel weren't in my in my vision when I was doing it, but in my like, if that makes sense, it was like,
0: yeah, no, it was I, more of a. No, I want. I don't want to pit it as a goofy question so much as like a creative prompt. Like, did you get on the same bus they were going home? You were going to the circus. <laughs>
2: I don't think so. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the same bus. It was the same, like, I don't know, maybe it's the bus that's in my heart that they all got on the same one, you know? Yeah. But yeah, visually it was like, maybe they were going to different destinations, but when I imagined the characters in my song, getting on the bus, they sat in the same seats on visually the same bus that Simon and Garfunkel would be sitting on in Homeward bound. So, Mm. So somewhere, you know, in my subconscious, that was part of it. So,
0: yeah. Like coming right out of that, I think it's another reason why I related to this and why the lyrics seem so fitting to me from the perspective of, of someone who's constantly pursuing creative things mm. because that last line of the second verse is it's now or never yeah. who we are is on the line. It's yeah. like, it's, 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 it's a mode of being, like it's your identity is wrapped up in being an artist and in yeah. in having this creative drive. Yeah,
2: I mean that that's a big part of it. It's who I yeah keeps me going after it.
0: Uh, in the end of the song, maybe you can't answer this, um, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts on it. Uh, it it does the the kind of classic thing where the the very last verse. Is the same as the first, right? But it's sung as the music is kind of uh, like the you know that the song is coming to an end, and you sing this again. Is this a way of saying like, like did did any of this actually happen, or is this all the Ew. you know what I'm saying? Like,
2: did- <laughs> I, I like, I personally like to leave that up to the listener. Um, But I, but I, at the same time, I was always really frustrated when artists and writers would leave it up to the listener. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I'm like, no, just tell me what you were, what you meant to say. In my mind, they definitely left and they're on their way to the circus. But in the, on the, on the other hand, it's like, when you're on that journey, you have to ask yourself every freaking day. Are we, are we doing this? Is this... Are we going? Is this what we're doing? Because you're always doubting yourself and you're always kind of tempted to look behind you and be like, should I stop? Is it worth it? And so I think that when it goes back to that, it's not that they're not on the bus and moving forward, but that maybe they'll always still be questioning and wondering and not oh sure yeah you know like yeah yeah, yeah. That you're always questioning yourself and you're always wondering if this really is the right direction
0: yeah uh, like what's that dustin hoffman the classic the uh from the 60s that simon Garfunkel did the music for
2: oh yeah um the graduate
0: the graduate yeah like that type of thing yeah. like he's so confident and so sure of himself
2: And then right at that moment he's like, What the hell? (laughs) Yeah. The
0: camera lingers on their faces and all of the all of the joy and rebellion of the moment fades and they're like, What the hell did we just do? And then the movie ends.
2: They get on the bus and now it's like now what? Basically. Right. You know, and it's like, Well, now it's the nitty gritty. Now it's the we're gonna work this thing out because art is work. It's a grind. It's daily and it's always going to be second guessing yourself and doubting yourself. And I mean, uh, you know, facing actual and literal rejections almost every day <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that just feed that self-doubt. Um, so I think that's what it meant that you won't ever feel 100 percent confident in getting on that bus but I think you should get on that bus anyway. Mm. And I think what he's trying to tell her is let's just get on the bus. Let's stop questioning it. Let's stop keeping ourselves with the ifs, ands, buts, whatever. Just get on the bus and then we can figure it out. Or at least we'll be moving. At least we'll be doing something.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I Honestly, it didn't occur to me until just now that everything – in that verse is, is him talking to her, yeah. like trying to convince her. Yeah. Jeff, do you uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, do you concur? In your mind, did they get did they get on the bus?
3: Yeah, uh, well, yeah, but to me, the the last verse is is kind of what you're talking about. It, it, it's almost like a continual conversion, you know?
0: Right.
3: You know, you're, you're, you have to make that decision every day. Or
0: I I totally I'm with you on like what Scarlet on on wanting to know. Like, what does the artist think? Like, does the artist think they got on the bus or not? <laughs> like, I want to know. It also doesn't really. I don't let it affect.
2: Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah,
0: you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what what seems more interesting to me? You know what I'm saying? Like,
2: the listener still has the freedom to decide for them.
0: Yeah,
3: but also as a, as an introspective piece of art, it's it's making the listener ask the question right yeah it's not right. it's not maybe just, like
2: what would you do it's, actually
3: it's not it's not a country song that tells mm-hmm. you a story although those i mean ask questions too you know but um it's 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 kind of I, well i guess it is kind of telling a story now that we're still talking about it but
0: um the honestly the image and i i've not thought this until this conversation but the image that it kind of comes to mind is mr holland's opus oh when oh. he when he goes to meet Rowena, yep, yep. at the bus that at the bus sense. stop, yeah, and she gets on and and he doesn't, mm-hmm. and it's like y- you're proud of him for not getting on because he was walking down a very dangerous right. road. Oh, yeah, um, at the same time, there's this overall sadness to it yeah. that like while get it while not getting on the bus, you know, means that. <laughs> he's not abandoning his wife and kid. Right. Like he's, he's keeping his family together. At the same time, it's like his temptation to get on the bus. It wasn't so much about her yeah. as it was about everything she was going to pursue that he never got to, you know, and she was just kind of the embodiment That's right. of that.
2: The, the throwing it all to the wind and putting a hundred percent into your craft and not having anything else take your time or take your like, attention from that yeah
0: oh man yeah. how much creative input does the does the band have or jeff do you kind of just tell everybody what to play
3: uh it's it's both it depends on what song it is but um i i really also recognize that like when i present to the band i usually have a pretty good sketch up but i i also recognize that they're you know they
2: they know they know what they're doing man
3: yeah. i'm just sure. a hack at any of their instruments play it you know uh and they and they've been making music on that instrument like a lot longer than i have so i i tend to trust their instincts and you know we've been playing together for a while so they Mm -hmm. you know they know what they're doing
2: i always feel like i have to ask them three times like and they'll be like, no, no, I really like this line. No, 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 that's what I want to. No, it's a really good line. I'm like, are you sure you don't want to come up with anything else? Like, you can, you're free to. <laughs> if you think of something, you can. I'm like, no, 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 it's good, it's good.
3: Yeah, but those okay. those parts are actually the the synth drums and bass. We did this. We did the live recording of this for um, Tiny Desk, and those are actually the the live tracks. We redid guitars and vocals um, afterwards. But uh...
0: oh, in the in the version that's out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those are all live instruments.
3: Well, the, uh, since uh, drums and bass are, the guitars okay, and Okay. Okay. But yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
2: They're that good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's, well, I was going to ask if you, if you let them have any creative input or if the whole, like, if the band name was like the Merlot is everybody else's creativity and they're <laughs> prohibited there's like an embargo on on their
2: creativity. (laughs) Nothing gets past. No,
3: I, like I said, I, you know, I'm,
2: I think this, the hard part is, is they're working musicians and we're just so grateful that they want to be able to work on our projects with us. Um, at least until we're like can afford to pay them for their time. It's like, I'm always like, we always want to have it as like, time efficient as possible and so jeff always makes as much of it as he can to prepare Mm -hmm. so that they can just walk in and record the part um we would love for them to be like add their own creative input make it what they want but at the same time that's more of their precious time
1: sure
2: so yeah they definitely can we're definitely open to it it's just i think it turned into more of a trying to be as efficient as possible and respect. Well, and
3: the it's also it's it's that, but it's also like I want I want to know if the song is gonna work, you know. So I try to like do my homework and like prepare something that I think is cool, and then we can take it from there.
1: One day he said, let's run away. Let's join the circus and get lost in the parade. All of my life I've been afraid of looking back and watching everybody fade.
0: If you enjoyed my conversation with Scarlett and Jeff from Merlot Embargo, please check out their music. It's available everywhere. And one of the best ways to support independent artists and musicians is to tell everyone you know about their music. Send links, tweet about it, whatever, etc. You can find links to all of their music, videos, and social media handles at MerlotEmbargo.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please spread the word, subscribe, rate it, and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. And consider supporting it at patreon.com slash song and story. Thank you for listening. Because you still are, here's a little bonus clip. What is a Merlot embargo?
2: Um, well, that has been asked of us before. Um, we have been not very forthcoming on the story because it's not very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh not that it's not very interesting do you want to tell the story uh,
3: i'll give you the short version
0: hold on on a scale of one to ten how bored am i gonna be
2: well you might not be because you're a married person and yeah. this is very much you a can, married sure you can relate like, to it,
3: this, this. situation or that, relationship I'd say or relationship, to relationship you know. like okay that, I guess. but anyway so we're we're you know Drinking wine, as we as we do. This
2: is gonna make me
3: mad.
2: Again. Uh, <laughs> no, you tell your side. Yeah, now. yeah I'll you tell you my tell side,
3: side. side. Yeah, because oh, usually you start your side. Go ahead. Uh, so, so we're drinking wine, whatever, and I, I had the thought, like, hey,
2: you know. Okay, we're a couple years. Wait, into- wait, wait. Okay, go you ahead. Tell your side. Well,
0: okay, hold on a minute. I know you're married. Could you not talk over each other? It's gonna make editing a lot more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Jeff. All right.
3: So we're, we're at home watching a show or, you know, playing the game or something or you know, drinking wine as, as we do. And I had the thought, you know, we don't really drink Merlot wine. Why is that? And it, it just like occurred to me. I was like, hey, Scarlett, why don't we why don't we drink Merlot? And she like it was like I dropped the bomb. Um, oh it, was, it was it was just That's I not could the feel song. the fury uh, just emanating out of all of her pores.
2: You're feeling it now, and, too, aren't
3: you? <laughs> well, no, because I've come to terms with this now.
2: No, because you're uh, messing up the story.
3: Well, I just didn't tell your whole backstory, so hold on. Um, and and I, I, I just, it was like, a, I was like, what did I just say? Something, obviously, that, that it, you know, was was, uh, was horrible. Um, but, you know, I didn't I didn't know what, what I did. <laughs> anyway, so, like, uh, Scarlett, can I tell you why she, do you want to tell why you were? Okay.
2: What you said was this, and this is two to three years into our marriage. So we had been together for two, for five to six years. We had dinner pretty regularly at Jeff's house where like we'd make dinner, we'd have a bottle of wine. And like, so it was not an uncommon experience for us. And this is, so we're five or six years into having who knows how many bottles of wine. Jeff looks at me and he says, Man, I don't think I've had Merlot since we've been dating. You really (laughs) don't like Merlot, do you? And I look at him and I say, First of all, since we've been dating, we've had Merlot. Several times we've had conversations about Merlot. We've texted each other in the morning saying, wow, I have a headache. Do you have a headache? Must have been that Merlot. Maybe we don't like Merlot. We've been shopping for for wine and we go to the Merlot section and we've talked about saying like, I think we just don't like Merlot. We don't like Merlot. And as a girl, I'm thinking like, shoot, this is the thing we're bonding over. We've discovered a mutual non-appreciation for Merlot. We have both experienced it several times, had bad side effects in the morning Don't like Merlot. This is a thing. So first of all, his first statement that he hasn't had Merlot since we started dating was not true. We've had Merlot a couple times. Second of all, he invents in his head that it's my fault (laughs) that he has not had Merlot since we started dating. So like for me, I look at him with eyes wide saying, what else have you fabricated in your head about our relationship and about our history That is my fault that I'm keeping you from. I said, "Let's go to the store right now. We'll get we'll get Merlot if you really want Merlot. If you're missing Merlot so much, let's go get Merlot." I didn't know I was keeping you from drinking Merlot. So that was kind of a big. So that was
3: yeah. So it was a big fight. Scarlett was questioning everything in our relationship because I, you know, just like to me, it was like "Eh, didn't really think about it. (laughs) Remember it, you know, (laughs) obviously so.
2: So we don't have Merlot in the house. There is an embargo on Merlot. That was the conclusion of the conversation because he had to believe that I remembered correctly things in our shared relationship.
0: Okay. So when is the last time that you've had Merlot?
2: (laughs) Okay. So this is the problem i don't think people either they don't understand what an embargo is um because the amount of times we've been gifted merlot <laughs> because our band name is merlot embargo is funny it's um
3: surprising the number it, of times that's happened yeah. i'm
2: like do you not wait i've regifted several bottles of merlot um we have actually had... we have
3: had some because we did that like or or order like a bunch of bottles and some of it came
2: oh yeah occasionally we'll do this thing where we order like a big like it's on huge sale or whatever so you will order a mix of reds and there happens to be merlot so we've definitely had merlot in the house and drink it but i don't remember when it was even though my memory is good or better than some in this room (laughs) I don't remember a specific date of when we had it. But we have definitely had Merlot since we've been, since the, since the, you know, the fight.
0: So it's not a strict embargo.
2: Not a strict
0: embargo.
2: It was stricter earlier on, more, more, when it was, when it was, when the wound was fresher. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think it was at some point we had a really fancy Merlot somewhere, like at a wedding or something. Where you know you don't have many options, but it's not like you're not gonna drink, um, and it was really nice. And I think we were like, oh, maybe
0: we can like Merlot, but maybe we, we can lift the embargo.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> mean, we can't tell anybody. We can't change. Well, now our we start a whole band
3: about it. What are we gonna do? You know. <laughs>
0: uh, all right.
2: Oh, the song. Were we gonna talk? About the song.
0: We're gonna talk about the song uh, first.